Aalto University Podcast. This is Cloud Rangers. I'm Tommy Kaupinen, and today I have a fantastic guest, Tanya. Tanya Rivilis. How are you doing? Where are you now? <laughs> Hi, Tommy. I'm super. I'm a bit nervous, I should say. And I am in Portugal right now, although I live in Germany. But right now I am in amazing sunny Portugal. And we have 36 degrees here. It's pretty hot. But I love sun and I love when it's hot. So this is perfect weather yeah. for me. 36. Wow, that's, yeah. Yeah, I know. That's almost like a bit too hot or... Oh, yes, especially for Finland, right? I know people from Finland, they don't yeah. like when it's hot. Yeah, yeah. Most, I mean, I myself, I'm totally fine with uh, if it's hot. But of course, then if it's like 35, 36, then perhaps inside, uh, I at least a bit. <laughs> Sometimes it's... It's good. Yeah. No, it's uh, yeah. like for me, it's very comfortable weather. So I'm I'm enjoying it. Mm. Of course, not lying on the mm. sun, then I will be like dead maybe in five minutes. But in the shadow is just perfect. Yeah. 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 Sun from the shadow. That's my favorite <laughs> uh, way. Yeah. And so <laughs> no, maybe like a yeah. glass of cold uh, white wine, you know, like or lemonade or something like that. And life exactly. is beautiful. And view over sea and, you know, yeah. mountains behind you. Oh, nice yes. cafeteria. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Tanya, thanks so much for joining me for this uh, episode. So can you um, please share to listeners about yourself, about your background? and? Um, yeah, sure. So uh, first of all, Tommy, thank you so much for having me here. Uh, it's really an honor to talk with you and to be on this podcast. And... Well, you know, like, uh, my story is not very spectacular. I was born in Soviet Union and was, like, a uh, territory of Ukraine. So I was born in Ukraine. And then I, like, when I was, like, around eight, I moved to Russia with my mom. And there I was studying media design and art history in Moscow University. And then, like, when I was around, like, 25, I decided, okay, I... I don't want to live in Russia. <laughs> and I moved uh, to Germany uh, because I remember like I sent documents to several countries and Germany was uh, the one that had very, very good conditions for uh, like uh, students from abroad. And yeah, and I moved to Germany and that's actually where my art journey started. And I was like around 27 that time. And it started uh, pretty uh, trivially, trivially, right? How you say it? Trivially, trivially. Um, trivial or trivially? That's the word. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> trivially, yeah. Yeah, and I just started like painting with oils. Um, like I always had a feeling that I need to express myself, but I suppressed it in myself I remember because in Russia there was not such environment you know like atmosphere for that but I had the feeling that there was something inside me and I did my first like 
portrait in oils of my sister. She was so generous uh, because she was sitting almost two weeks for me and I was using the tiny brush and it took like, you know, like weeks. Uh, yeah, and then I started my Instagram and then I has been seen by galleries from Netherlands, New York, LA, so on. Yeah, and now I'm in Portugal and I'm very happy about that. <laughs> it's like I live partly here, but but still uh, I live in Portugal now and prepare for my New York exhibition. So this is my little story. Amazing story. And this is uh, <laughs> thanks for sharing because this is when I you know like talk too much. No, no. <laughs> this is um so this is uh thanks for starting uh, about your journey because this is exactly what um I would love to hear more. So okay. take a really deep okay. dive into your journey <laughs> as an artist about your art as well. So um, hey, let's start from um, your art because you have created a very unique style with your paintings. I mean, I mean, I don't think there is anything even close to your paintings. And uh, and as you see, it's it's you know it's uniqueness is in art. It's it's the thing, right? <laughs> Everybody wants to get it, but uh, you got it. I don't so, know how it happened. <laughs> exactly, but that's why I would like to. I mean, can you share how how they can be so beautiful, insightful, colorful story storytelling work? So, how did you create your style? Can you can you see like <laughs> the path? Like, what did you need to learn, and how did you learn it? How did you learn to do what you do (laughs) in your style yeah exactly right yeah so you know like it's funny because there was a period um when I was like crazy I was just obsessed about finding my own style I think it's like all artists in the beginning what they want to do and what actual society and art will tell you to do you have to have your own style you know like you have to be unique in your style everyone should recognize you from like one kilometer and I remember like I was so obsessed with that idea actually and uh, I was like struggling I was even in some kind of micro depression if you can say that like anytime I was sitting on my easel and I was like painting I had that idea you know like in my mind like Tanya find your style you have to find your own style and the funny thing is that style found me because when I stop searching and you know like fighting for finding my own style uh, that significant style um, then I had success actually and you know um, until I left the idea to find my own style and I just started creating experimenting with mediums canvases colors and you know like I had that feeling that actually finding your own style is kind of like finding your true love like whenever you try to find your love you know like you're looking in someone's faces and try you know like are you my my half are you my like uh, true love then you you won't find it until you will just you know like forget that idea and then you meet your like husband wife or partner or whatever and yeah that's what i have uh, i have this feeling that happens same with your style it, like just leave that idea that's what our society tells us to you know for all artists to have the 
special style. Just leave this idea, create, and do more experiments, you know, and the style find you. Uh, yeah, does it make sense? Like what I yeah, ab- <laughs> absolutely. I'm well. This gives first of all a lot of hope. <laughs> That's true. I think. Yeah. For everyone who search for the lovers. <laughs> yeah, well, also that, but. But it's like, uh, that's so true. I mean, I think uh, there is this uh, proverb, uh, you get what you, you know, kind of don't want, right? So when you um, kind of... It's like fighting with uh, your destiny, right? Like whenever you want something, destiny will do everything that you won't get that. Until you just like say, okay, I relax. I will swim on this river, you know, like, and it will get you where... I, You know, I remember that... For, like the day when I met my style, if I can say that, it was like in uh, some shop where you buy, you know, like things for building the houses, like a war house or something like that. I think it's an English. Yeah. And I remember there was uh, like this medium, the OSB, uh, like pressed wood panels. The pre- You know, like they're not pretty. They're not like fancy. Nobody is painting on them. Um, they were so sad, staying there in the corner, looking at me, you know, like, and I was like, <laughs> I was like thinking like, oh, well, that might be a very interesting surface to paint on. And I took that scene and I, I remember it took me a couple of months to figure out how to paint on them because they have different chemistry, um, like a surface with a bit different um, cover than oils. So I had I have to do some magic with that words, you know, to paint on them. But after like a couple of months with experimenting, I started painting on it. And my style changed completely just because of the surface, you know. So mm-hmm. right. So experimenting, exploring, kind of being adventurous and then just, Yeah. And don't be obsessed be with this idea. Right. Mm-hmm. Wow. I absolutely love it. So it's um is it like the um is it like a pressed wood or what kind of uh, material is it yeah it's like i think it it calls like osb that's what we call in german but i i forgot how mm. you translate that um anyway it's mm. uh, a chip wood uh chip wood panel or pressed wood panel so it's a panel with like a pressed uh you know particles of the wood if i can say that mm. Right, so it gives like a yeah. nice texture, and of mm. course, I have to work on the surface to cover the holes and you know that parts that are not perfect or something like that. But still, it's mm. very nice for me. Yeah, yeah, like, I, yeah, for me as well. By the way, I mean I absolutely love your style. So oh, thank you so it's, much. Uh, they are amazing. I mean, now I I don't have one of your paintings now at the front of me, but I can remember many of them, and it's, it's this uh, wood texture kind of in yeah. the paintings it's, you know uh, it's and amazing it's nice to see like in person like if you see in real life it, it's a bit different because i remember someone bought uh nft from me and then i sent the like physical piece and this person told me oh my god like i see the surface i see the texture it's absolutely mind-blowing and it's really nice to see sometimes in, in real life the piece Mm-hmm. Yeah, it becomes part of the story, like the full story, like the yeah. actual physical piece, yeah, in addition yeah. to digital kind of 
painting. But hey, how do you see um, about storytelling? Because I would like to ask about, um, because I, I see that there are very storytelling pieces, uh, but how do you do it? So what do you think? What is the essential, what are the essential elements in telling a story with a painting? Right. So how can you create that feeling that the painting tells you a story? So how do you do it? How do you create that magic? <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> Ooh, it's magic. It's a secret. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, I know. That's <laughs> why I asked it, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's why I will, I will answer. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so what matters most to me is actually the story of the person or of a group of people that I depict in my paintings. And the way the past and the future collide in a court moment, you know, in that frozen present, that's what I love most. And actually, you know, like painting is the only thing that protects like people from non-existence, if you think. Like it's maybe a little bit too philosophical, but you know, that that way like people and their stories are staying in infinity, you know, like and like painting also brings them back to life. So the stories are staying alive on the painting, if I may say like that. And, you know, we mm -hmm. all have things to hide and sometimes we don't want others to see something or sometimes we wish to keep unknown or untouched, something that makes us, you know, that makes us both like good and bad. And with that, something comes a story. And my paintings kind of like aim to tell that story, unique, brave, most, um, most of all, like honest, you know? And I also like the mimetic function of the portrait. It is actually the viewer who makes art able to exist. And for me, it's very important to kind of like express technically this uh, ephemerality and a freedom, you know, and like this life that, you know, like dissolving each other. I don't know if I, I, you know, it's difficult for me to express like what I actually try to paint no. or try to say. <laughs> but I, I completely get it. I think I really like what you said about the, the um, kind of ensuring with the paintings uh, to ensure that the, uh, one has like infinite life. I think that is that is so beautiful thought, and especially then at the same time to show um, kind of the hidden parts of the story and and with yeah. your with all the gazes uh, in the paintings. Yeah. But how do you? I mean, how do you do it? Because I mean, it's um, it looks like they are looking at something oh, really yes. precious yeah. or they love one to say or that. yeah yeah. So, you know, like, um, I think like whenever I paint someone, I often refer to a paired or group portrait. And even in a solitary image, I try to show, you know, that silent person outside the canvas or in my way, the board, right? And I make portraits in which there's always a reference to the other. And that's how I try to tell the story. So, I mean, like, I feel we are all um, connected uh, with each other. And whenever you paint one person, it's, you know, like you, you have 
to think that this person connected to another person and that how his mm. story made makes you know like more difficult more complicated more bright and everything and through this prism um i try you know to tell the story like through this prism through the prism of connection between people and even if you see like one person in my painting like it's always you have a feeling like oh i at least i try to tell this feeling that you know that he is connected or she is a is connected with someone else because otherwise you know a portrait would be an empty shell you know just a set of mm -hmm. individual external features and that's it but with mm -hmm. story that makes us you know that makes us actually exist or like live or something like that you know like be be a story ourselves oh god mm -hmm. i'm so philosophical <laughs> no, no. <laughs> well, well. Thanks, thank you, Tanya, for being philosophical because this is uh, this is absolutely great. I really like it because uh, it, I really love it because it's um, it makes the painting to be. Is it like the? How do you see it? Actually, is the painting part of a story, or is the painting kind of fully telling the story? How do you? Because if if it's like uh, people are kind of outside the painting at the the um, portrait, the person in the portrait is looking at some other people. So is it, how do you see it? Is it like, um, is it part of the story or is, or is everything kind of, yeah. yeah. I think like the painting is already a story, you know, and it's like such yes. a complicated story that starts actually from the way, where and how I found that board you know like and how and where i painted that and what music mm -hmm. was playing behind and mm -hmm. you know in what mood i was when i painted this person's eyes uh you know like all this make it so complicated and so you know like each brush stroke that has like a story or something and then the viewer just goes and you know like see the whole story in in general so yeah, I think it's like the, the painting, it is actually the story. And even, mm. by the way, if you notice, like I have some portraits where a person is looking into, like kind of like into camera, right? Like in, in, mm -hmm. in yes. so on yeah. the viewer. But I don't know if you had that feeling, but I always try to make that feeling that he or she is looking like behind you, like someone, mm. you know, invisible is staying behind you, you know, like, and he's, looking actually at that person not at you like he's not even interested in you he's looking at that person because they have some connection you know like something like that mm -hmm. yeah i remember now when you say it i remember <laughs> seeing it in one of your paintings actually it was that one for uh, ukraine um when the war started um, uh -huh. um that one comes i mean very vividly to my mind immediately Right, yeah, yeah. That face, right? Like the girl's face is yes. looking, right? Yeah, girl's face. Yes, exactly. We're in the Ukraine's colors. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's, uh, yeah, thanks for sharing that because now I <laughs> look at them in uh, with the new... Oh, yeah, uh, she, she, she's yeah. kind of like looking not at you, like with, you know, like judgment or something. I think that was another look, kind of like look of, you know, on, on when you like, I don't know, like sitting on the mountain and look, down and see that human are doing 
some you know crazy stuff and you're just like looking at this with tears on your eyes mm. you know that that kind of look and that a little bit helpless too you know because mm. uh, you can't actually like do much about all this yeah yeah i want to ask you um a bit later about colors but right. um now uh, as we started to talk about that painting um that the, you made and you made an NFT about it and then the um, revenue goes to help uh, Ukraine, I mean, Ukrainian uh, association. So, right. I mean, you are you were born in Ukraine and now obviously there is, uh, there is this absolutely crazy war in yeah, Ukraine. Yeah, it's horrible. Uh, how, how do you, I mean, I don't know even how to ask about it, but it's... Uh, How do you see the situation? How do you see? How do you? How is? How are your relatives? Right. Uh, yeah. I got now it. And... Yeah. So um, yeah, of course it's uh, like uh, I'm I'm speechless still. Like when it all started, I just had no words. I was like, I was absolutely, you know, like kicked out of this world with this situation and my like. Almost all my family is there in Ukraine, uh, in Krivoy Rok, and they had to move to the like near the border of uh, Slovakia uh, to save them um, where they stay still still stay, and yeah, like I I feel it's absolutely horrible situation with actually with no second opinion. I mean, like. If you think about, you can have opinion about, you know, the book or the movie. You can discuss any scene with, you know, pro or contra. You can have different opinions about, I don't know, a song or <laughs> the latest Eminem and Snoop Dogg video or something like that. But I mean, like, how you can have another opinion about the war? I mean, like, war is war. It's just like, you know, if you're a human, you can't be pro-war, right? It's like, it's just against mm -hmm. human law, actually. It's just against, like, human le uh, logic. So, yeah, I, I definitely, like, I, I definitely can't understand people. Um, and I unfortunately met some people who were, um, you know, pro-war or pro-Putin, uh, like, uh, in politics and everything. And yeah, I, I I have no arguments even to to talk with them. I have no power to talk with them because it's just you know like talking with empty dead inside person. Yeah, mm -hmm. right. So yeah, and I try to of course I try to support like all my friends, my family of course, and my old grandma who was who she had on, only just one wish, you know, like to die at her home and. And she says that she was born during the war, the Second World War, and now she has to die during the war. Can you imagine how horrible it is, like for her? Oh yeah. no! Yeah, it's just so painful. So I, I mm. wish it will finish so soon with less uh, damages and with less deaths and you know, like trauma and tragic. Yeah. So. Mm. Yeah, I, I try to do like my best what I can to, you know, mm. support and like, mm. well, yeah, well, what I can do, I try to do uh, with mm. art or with like uh, real uh, help. 
Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really crazy that there is um, this kind of one side is distracting, and then another side. I mean, there is now a lot of movement to already plan um, rebuilding of Ukraine, and it's yeah, it's. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I really don't get it. How how you know what what is the point of distracting, and then yeah, at well, the same time. Always- uh, it's always the political yeah. stuff that we won't understand because we're not in that big game. But you know what I don't like, mm. actually, is that, you know, like when we associate more with like art, for example, or literature or something, because I know in some countries they start ban the Russian culture or like Russian artists. And I have some, like some of my friends who is in St. Petersburg, beautiful, talented artist, and they can't cannot sell their works nowadays uh, abroad because of their because of them being Russian, you know, like so they mm-hmm. actually don't see the art, but they see like the nationality, what is like just absurd, right? So mm-hmm. yeah, I just I just try to tell people please don't associate war with art or war with like yeah. literature. Like still read the Stajewski yeah. Tolstoy uh still you know like uh, admire russian painters like rapin sirovskoy yeah. like come on it's not yeah, the yeah. game right absolutely agree i mean dostoevsky and tolstoy and gogol those have been my favorite yeah uh, writers from the childhood and uh, by the way i have i mean i i live in finland and uh, i have a lot of russian uh, friends and colleagues who i mean yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, they are, I mean, they're just nicest people I know. I mean, it's, uh, it's amazing. I mean, and of course, you know, many of them are horrible, horrified as horrified as, as yeah. we are. And yeah. uh, it's, it's crazy, but yeah. I mean, none of them live in, live there. So it's, it's, uh, of course, yeah, you know, and- another reality. Right. And, you know, like some of my friends that try, they would love to leave the country, but they just cannot, you know, like because of financial uh, stuff, like because of the family or something like that. Like people who could leave, Mm. they left, you know, but there is also a group of people who cannot do that. And you can't, you know, like Mm. uh, judge them for being in Russia, you know. So, Mm. yeah. So, right. Yeah, difficult. Yeah, it's amazing. Right. Yeah, absolutely difficult. And, and let's let's hope and also um, do as much as we can. But like you said, it's uh, it's only so much that kind of uh, regular people can do. I mean, in addition to of course supporting relatives and, and associations. Right. Um, yeah, aiding in, in Ukraine, but it's yeah crazy. Let's let's hope for the best, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, um like to ask you about the, yeah, back to art because I mean we want to have also, you know, you know, I mean it's uh art is so needed in these times where we need we need hope, right? Yeah. We need uh insights and we need colors. Um and you are I mean your style and, and your way of using colors is just spectacular. Thank you. As the world starts to know, I mean, it's uh, not just me, but it's uh, you got 
the Royal Society of Portrait Painters annual awards just recently. <laughs> Was it William Locke Portrait Prize? Yeah, congratulations. Yeah, thank you so much. That was really yeah. crazy. <laughs> yeah, Kupka's dogs, it's so beautiful painting. So how do you, uh, can you share about that? Um, I mean, Kupka's dog uh, painting that got the award and um, about how do you use colors there and uh, how do you use colors in all of your works and and right. where do you get the inspiration for such brilliant use of colors and I don't know. Well, let's start from this, perhaps. Okay, okay. So, okay, um, about the color. So, I I really think that color is kind of the power. <laughs> it sounds like very, you know, like naive, but still. And I definitely believe in that, that color can actually change your mood, make you sad or happy, you know, bring you to think about something. And we might even not notice that, but even color or uh, like light, you know, like in, uh, for example, one cafe that is near me, like there is in one room, the light is like cold and bluish and in another color is like yellow and like warm. And even that makes me, you know, to choose the table where I will sit because I love like the warm colors. So I mean, like all this, all this uh, psychology and all this thing is really important. And like in my paintings i love to combine complementary colors or for example place colors in same hue near each other and see like what effect it gives to the viewer and um it's interesting how you can actually stimulate or influence or affect on the viewer with colors um and that actually also helps you know tell it helps me to tell the story and to tell the mood that I wanted to depict and about the like uh inspiration um I think like my most powerful inspiration is people and their faces eyes gestures you know as well as a combination of colors in nature and Portugal is very beautiful country for that to see the bright colors uh you know, like comparing to Germany and how the light falling. And, yeah, you know, like Germany is <laughs> Yeah, I know. I lived there three years, so, yeah. yeah. Like here is like, I'm right now looking on the sky. It's my favorite color, the, the bluish, you know, that I use actually, I think never my painting. I use that like uh, King's Blue or like, I think that's how you call it in English, maybe differently. So, or, yeah, anyway, um, and like combination of colors in nature or even the light falling on my sister's eyelashes or beautiful thin fingers on the phone, an open ankle, you know, all this can inspire. And of course, traveling is another source of inspiration. Uh, you know, meeting people from other culture, different smells, sounds, music, of course, uh, can inspire. And you know, I adore people with a non-standard appearance, if you can say that, like with kind of unique beauty, you know, like with some, uh, you know, like not non-standard nose form, eyes, you know what I mean? Like like the face that yeah. catch your uh, eye immediately, like, oh, this is an interesting person. <laughs> and, you know, the artist can spot such people in the crowd in like a couple of seconds. And... These are people with expressive, 
you know, facial features or wonderfully deep and sad eyes. And I think like, um, like what I do usually, and maybe it will sound weird, but I sometimes find, like I see this person in crowd and like this person inspires me so much. And I found, I find this person like on the street where less people maybe. <laughs> um, so no police. And, you know, like I can <laughs> talk with this person and say like, like, you know, I'm an artist. I show my Instagram usually. So people don't afraid that I, you know, like invent stories to uh, bring yeah. this person to my home or something. <laughs> yeah. And so I try not to sound creepy. <laughs> and, you know, like I try to tell the person that I really like, your face I really like your I don't like hands or something and then I can make photos like immediately on the street or if uh, like if it's uh, in somewhere in Germany or Portugal I can you know have an appointment and I make photos in my studio um, and like uh, like it's all about inspiration I mean like everything can inspire me um, mm-hmm. yeah so wow so so you um so they never model for you i mean at the studio but you take photos and then you use those photos as kind of inspiration or um for model if you like for your paintings yeah like you know i can even sit sometimes in cafe and like mm. spot the person that i like they're usually men I should say like you saw my portrait yeah most of them yeah and yeah. like I see this person and I tried to make a photo <laughs> of this person and like um you know with no troubles <laughs> so I just zoom and make photo and then I mm. use it in my studio but with entering some uh changing some some features you know so this person is not that person anymore. And this, you know, become to be a person from my imagination based on that person, mm. something like that. Then, um, yeah, so it's actually like people from from everywhere. So it's people from everywhere with like mixed with my imagination, I should say, like mm. something like that. So it's again art. It's a gen art in my head. Wow. Yeah, that's so... I mean, so Kupka's dog, uh, the right, guy there Kupka. and the dog, they both exist. I mean, they don't exist. Except I mean, the dog. <laughs> the dog exists. Yeah, okay, dog exists. Okay. <laughs> okay, dog has great. No, no troubles with me and with ownership and, you know, like, don't use my photo. <laughs> okay, yeah. But uh, was there some person who is like in your it's he's like a mix of your imagination and the real person or in that painting is it um only your imagination or how yeah how is that so first of all i was honestly very surprised by this award because this submission was pretty spontaneously and i didn't plan anything you know like i saw on instagram the like a calling for artist and I just sent like my submission. Um, and that time I remember I painted three portraits with animals, like two with dogs and one with a cat. And uh, that was like the Kupka's dog was the first one that I painted. And I had like kind of good feeling that Kupka's dog's portrait might have a good chance to get uh, to 
annual exhibition because that was my target actually i didn't know there is a prize actually i thought like okay the main thing is to get to the gallery you know and to be exhibited in london so i didn't know that there is a prize honestly and I okay, was really wow. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't know. I, I swear, I just like yeah. sent my painting because I wanted to be in London in exhibition. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like uh, it's like you mentioned what you said about defining your style. Right. It's like exploring and adventurous. <laughs> then then there is suddenly this surprise because yeah. you don't didn't even know about it and didn't want it. That's true. Yeah, wow. See, it works. My rule works. Yeah. So, and, you know, like, when I got the mail with announcement that, like, hey, congratulations, your painting uh, was awarded to William's World Portrait uh, Award. And, like, there was an award? Like, I even didn't know that. Like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah like, and it was a big monetary award. I mean, it's... Yeah, that was know, the biggest just... one in exhibition and second biggest one, I think, in UK after Turner Prize. So I was like, I didn't believe that until I came to the gallery and they gave me this certificate and I was like, holy, you know, like it's true. Like <laughs> you were not lying. I thought it was some joke. And Kreslov Kostov was at that event when they were announcing the uh, mm-hmm. winner. And he sent me a message like on WhatsApp, like, Tanya, they're talking about you. Like, congratulations. <laughs> so, wow. yeah, that was yeah. crazy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm so, so happy for you. I mean, congratulations <laughs> again. It's uh, it's amazing. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. And, and this like this painting, like Kupka's dog. Um, you know, like I worked on uh, analysis and re- reinterpretation of uh, Frantisek Kupka's self-portrait, the yellow scale from uh, I, I think nineties ninety oh seven, and like that almost monochromatic uh like in yellow hues the portrait uh is one of the kupka's best known works and you know like it's also like represents a turning point in his career uh towards abstraction and um you know like i i was i i admired this portrait so much and um in my expressive style of writing, I also try to use gradients, connection, voids, and tense color fields. And um, specifically in this portrait, I also wanted to depict Kupka's love uh, for Orphism, uh, the musicality and reason through the interpretation of the primary colors and, you know, intersection of surfaces. Maybe you've noticed, like, in that painting, I also have, like, a background um, goes into his clothes, you know, like he's vanishing in background too. Like, you know, like everything is connected with the color. And like, it was important for me to express technically this uh, ephemerality, you know, like in freedom and dissolution, one character in another character. And I also wanted to show that bond we have with our pants, uh, pets, and, uh, you know, that can be very special. And this visual similarity between the human, maybe you saw the how they look, mm-hmm. you know, it looks like a little bit similar, like the way they look, not the faces. Yes, I'm, I'm looking at them now. It's, uh, oh, okay. it's amazing. I should yeah. look too. <laughs> yeah. Right. And Just that's amazing. Yellow, oh. yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, all listeners, um, Czech Kupkas, um, it's from 1907, right? Um, yeah, like 20, uh, yeah, yellow scale. The yellow scale, right. Yeah. So that was like my inspiration, definitely. And like my Kupka's dog was kind of like reinterpretation of his uh, portrait. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. thanks for sharing that. Well, <laughs> now you. it makes totally sense. Oh, I, I love the. You know, uh, yeah, when I, I was the... in the gallery, it was funny because uh, one person came to me and like the. Um, the text about the painting and was name and like my name and everything is pretty small. And this old lady, she came to me and I guess she, because uh, I saw she didn't, you know, like check the text near the painting. And she came to me and she said like, Oh, how beautiful. She said compliments. And she said, this reminds me, you know, Frantishka Skupka self-portrait in yellow. And I guess, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> wow, that was like, wow, such a happiness, you know, to hear that. I was like, yeah. yes. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing because they are different. But then to have this kind of reference immediately in, in her mind, that's amazing. Yeah, I guess it's Over yellow. Art. It's that yeah, yellow makes yeah, the perhaps. work. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, might be. That's amazing. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. Thank it's, you. Um, yeah, it's like uh, I mean, who? I mean, that that's like the best reward, perhaps. I mean, of course, the actual award was also great reward. But but to hear from audience of that course. it's oh yes, it's really touching. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. How do you see? Um, by the way, because you um, you dreamed of having it in the gallery for the exhibition so so how do you see the museums and galleries uh now evolving or reinventing themselves in our digital time so i mean of course you have been very successful in the nfts nft space so there is all those options metaverse virtual galleries people having digital art in their phones i mean in their nft wallets and so how do you see the future of sharing and enjoying art? Yeah. Is it is it kind of a, some crazy mix of everything or <laughs> what do you think? Right. So, you know, I should tell the little story before. So the funny story. Um, so I, I work with Gallery in Netherlands and like around like one and a half year ago when I started like involving myself into NFT, um, I told uh, my gallery that I want to, like I told them about NFT because I was so amazed by this technology and about the idea, you know, like of decentralization, everything. And I told them about the NFT. Um, and I remember they were like, you know, uh, first with distrust and suspicious, they were like, okay, but you can't touch that. Okay, you can't. Uh, hang it on the wall, then it doesn't exist, you know? And it was so funny how to see how the um, opinion about NFT changed with time. Because um, after I started selling NFTs and, you know, like after I started uh, getting more and more attention, I, I, I talked with that gallery again, like after like one year or so, 
and they were talking, they were asking me about NFT, you know, like it was so nice to see their interest. <laughs> and then like it all finished with our talks about, so Tanya, tell us how we can display NFT, you know, how we can, you know, display NFT uh, near oil paintings and sculptures. And I was like, you know, for me, it was like, yes, we did it. You know, it was such Whoa. a success. Uh, in Europe, it's, you know, that in Europe, it's pretty like new than in America, for example, right? It's like still there are so many galleries that don't know about NFT or they don't want to know about NFT. I don't know how it's in Finland, actually. Um, very, very silent. I mean, almost <laughs> nothing. I mean, I, yeah, I've been wondering about it, but I've been, um, I've been discussing with, uh, uh, my artists and art friends and um, and some galleries. I have I have worked. I mean, um, we we should have another episode about it. But I have worked a lot with uh, museums and galleries in Finland, and also with uh, you know um, Galileo Galilei Museum and Malta Heritage in in Malta. And, wow! And uh, in in France, also organized one event in Louvre. <laughs> Oh my itself. god! And, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it, but, but so I have you know I have a lot of connections. I've been uh, discussing about NFTs and metaverse, and but uh, but um, somehow the attitude is still quite a lot like well they don't really exist this kind of thing, and also it's they, it's kind of only for showing you know kind of physical art, but yeah. but not really. Yeah, art itself, and which is really, but I think it will it will change. I mean, I'm now in in um, I'm now planning um, to have some physical galleries exhibiting then digital art. So it's let's see. I think oh, that's this, amazing. Yeah, it. I think we have to just be active, and then rest will follow. And I yeah, think like the, <laughs> like I don't know if you saw the. Uh, Museum in Frankfurt, the Museum Angewandte Kunst, uh, an Unblock Gaudi exhibition with Daniel Martin, uh, Pani Santiago, Lawrence Fuller, and like my collab- collaboration with him. I don't know if you saw that uh, exhibition. I, I think I saw some tweets about it, but I didn't go to to uh, deep about it, but I have yeah. to check it. Yeah, so... <laughs> Yeah, it, it was like uh, Unblock Gaudi exhibition and it wasn't pretty like, you know, you know, Germany is very old school country. And to yeah. see that they have like NFT exhibition, then even they were translating some uh, like uh, on on national channel, TV channel on ZDF, they were showing the like five minutes, 10 minutes, uh, um, like episode about this exhibition can you imagine and i mean like it's a german wow. so it's a big yeah, yeah. step <laughs> that's yeah. a big step yeah Two absolutely years, i yeah, went to uh, there is um one uh, photograph is in stockholm it's it's um photography uh museum a gallery space that i think there is uh, in new york as well and many other other uh, cities around the world but it's it's um Started from Sweden, and I right. went there um, some weeks ago. There is a, there was a small NFT exhibition, like but they, I mean, so few works basically, only like 
five yeah. or six or something like that. So, oh, yes. But you know, I've been to like I've been to LA and visited Vellum Gallery with my friend and collector Chikaya Ohazama. And uh, I was so surprised and amazed. I mean, like I never been to NFT gallery before, and I was so amazed by the quality and the presentation. Like, I mean, instead of the TV screens with cables, you know, like all that ugly stuff, I saw I never saw like the high quality kind of LED screens. It looks like a canvas, you know, like kind of canvas with beautiful art. And I thought like, God, I want to hang that on my wall, <laughs> you know? So that if if you can't, you know, touch it and it doesn't exist, that scene is pretty, you know, like it's it's changing. It's that it doesn't work anymore. You can touch it actually, and this kind of gallery they show it. You know, you can hang it on the wall, and and I think that is a great smooth transition between the physical and NFT world. And I truly believe that this technology will take place in traditional galleries, along with oil paintings and sculptures. As an artist who works in both fields. Uh, it's absolutely amazing opportunity to show your art and get more collectors. So I think traditional galleries should see it as a new way to present and display art, especially, you know, like nowadays, you can't deny that it's not already, it's like, it's already a huge part of art world, like Christie's, Sotheby's art fairs, like in LA art fair. I don't know if you saw, but there was a huge super rare corn corner and mm. You know, it was so obvious that it's going to be a neighbor, you know, with like traditional art. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And yeah. so it should be. I mean, it's... Uh, and yeah, I, I, so, I just uh, wait when these neighbors will have a big party, you know, like together. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, what I've been dreaming is like uh, like to have all the people that we have met in the NFT world and, and uh, these metaverse galleries. I mean, it would be so amazing to meet in person in physical oh, yes. spaces oh, also. Yes. Oh, yes. I mean, oh, yeah. I met, by the way, in LA, I met Lawrence Fuller and another artist, uh, uh, like Drew de la Creme and Cynthia San Luis. And I, I have to say about Lawrence, you know, like I can't leave this podcast without saying how thankful I am to Lawrence who brings NFT space and especially Tezos community to another level. I mean, like his poetic mm -hmm. and art event uh, where like we did a collab with Val Kilmer that sold for 10,000 uh, Tezos and went to Tezos Foundation thanks to Misan Harriman. And like our collaboration about David Hockney and other projects like with uh, Cynthia, Jenny Passanian and X Collabs and like all that scene is just, you know, I mean, like you don't see poetry very often, even in real life. And here we go, we have poetry mm. in NFT space. And I'm like, how cool is that? Yeah, that's amazing. Lawrence Fuller, um, all the listeners, I mean, uh, he's uh, actually my guest in another episode of Cloud Reaches. So it will air also um, soon. Um, yeah, he's uh, he's amazing. He's uh, he he's a yeah. actor now in uh, several movies and and HBO Max, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's isn't it crazy? I mean, we have this digital world. We have so many opportunities to learn, you know, about art and visualization about life, if you like. Yeah. online in, in, in all these platforms and then we can 
meet actual people, uh, get to know people and learn from them and oh, yeah, support yeah. each other. And uh, it's, it's, um, it's, of course, a lot of challenges in this world, but it's also a lot of opportunities and a lot of hope. What do you think? Absolutely. No, absolutely. And I truly believe that it's going to be even better. But now, like, <laughs> the bear market will finish. <laughs> and, yeah, but it's, oh, it's yeah, definitely yeah. we're going to the moon one day. <laughs> Maybe not today. <laughs> absolutely. Hey, about uh, going to moon. Um, so, <laughs> I don't know if you... Um, but do, you, do you have some, uh, or can you share about some some turning point in your life? Oh, about yes. Studies, yeah. something that made you think differently about art, life, painting, studying, learning, anything. Yeah. Okay. So definitely when I moved from Russia to Germany, that was the huge and difficult step, you know, was... And it was like a turning point in my life, definitely. And that was the part where I actually started painting. And that was a huge, you know, like turning point in my life. And that was a step that led to, uh, you know, like finding myself and finding the way to express myself and start being free in my movement and traveling too. And I could visit and be inspired from so many great cities like Rome, Florence, Paris, you know, like just a couple of hours from everywhere, no visa, it's just magical. And then I visit like easily some workshop of amazing artists like Robert Liberace, Cesar Santos, David Gray. And I met so many awesome people too. And you know, like funny thing, um, the most important workshop that I had and had that had huge influence in me, like uh, as an artist, you know, that helped me to realize my kind of like my power, you know, was in St. Petersburg. So it was actually in Russia. <laughs> and I already that time I was living in Germany for, I think, like six years or so. And then I went to St. Petersburg to my friend Ivan Loginov, who is also in NFT uh, on Tezos mm-hmm. and foundation uh, nowadays. And we had like five days private workshop and we were painting um, a portrait from life model. Um, and that was like absolutely, you know, significant workshop in my life. Just five days, but change, you know, the whole world <laughs> for me as an artist. Wow. Yeah, that's the time when I actually started. And like Ivan uh, taught me about you know, using my fingers, using my huge brushes, don't not be afraid, you know, like all these colors, transition, dissolving and everything. That was like he who, you know, like made me feel brave about like about my oils and, you know, like my technique. Mm. So, but how interesting, like I had to leave Russia, you know, like to go to Germany and from there go back to Russia to have this workshop. So it's again like a little destiny. <laughs> Amazing, but that so so the point is that you can learn so much in just five days. Oh yes, yes, right. yeah, right. That's I mean, amazing. like if you find the the perfect, you know, like the teacher that meant to be yours. I don't know how to explain it, but it was like kind of the teacher that was perfectly for you. You know, like. 
uh, maybe mm-hmm. like, like that. But yes, just five days. But maybe you don't need to learn something, you know, like in uh, in meaning that learning the technique or something. Maybe sometimes you need a teacher to open your mind or like, you know, change your perspective of thinking or changing your, or just making you brave, you know, to do something. Maybe you don't need like teacher to use that brush like this or something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. So maybe it's a more like big meaning or like, you know, in mm-hmm. something global stuff. You know what I mean, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah, yeah, encouraging, like, like creating, I mean, yeah. yes, changing helping you to create yourself. motivation. Right, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And like, yeah, so it was, I think, the, the most important workshop, although it was just five days. But I'm very thankful to Ivan that, you know, like, and now we're good friends and he's visiting mm. us, me and my husband in Germany. And I hope he will visit us in Portugal one day. Mm-hmm. Hey, thanks for sharing that story. And uh, that <laughs> that gives a lot of hope, I mean, about learning as well. And perhaps uh, success that is that learning should be designed around this kind of yeah. Very intensive experiences, right? Where, right? where both the teachers and, and students are really very devoted uh, to to yeah. jointly, you know, really go into this uh, journey together to learn and 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 yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. It reminds me of a nice experience in teaching um, or also being student in in amazing places like in Italy uh, a few times and in Florence and oh, in Florence. one summer school uh, as a student and then in Bertinoro which is kind of between Bologna and Rimini I was there uh, teaching visualization and um, yeah both amazing experiences I mean I think I learned a lot in both yeah. of the cases. Oh, Florence is yeah. such an inspiring city God. <clears throat> I love it. Yeah, I was uh, I, I worked down two years with Galileo Galilei Museum in Florence, wow. and um, you know had a lot of uh, connections to art world there. And I gave uh, also went there another time to give a um, talk in one of the palaces. Uh, it was kind of palace that wasn't open normally, but then there was this seminar arranged in that palace, and that was just amazing. And in the audience, there was. Um, the, um, the director of Palazzo Vecchio uh, by accident. Oh, wow. <laughs> and uh, she invited to for That's a private nice tour in Palazzo wow. Vecchio. Yeah, amazing. amazing. I saw all, oh, the, my God. all these uh, hidden uh, places and hidden corridors, which are normally not publicly open, of Palazzo, Palazzo Vecchio. And then oh, they dressed me as, uh, as Medici as well. And I was sitting <laughs> in the same chair as Medici, uh, where Medici was meeting the citizens, and uh, they took photos of me, and uh, that's so dear photo of me. It's like wow. I dream wow, of that's crazy. I, uh, yeah, I dream of uh, having like a I don't know painting of that one day, or it's uh, just wow. amazing, amazing, absolutely experience. I yeah. can imagine. Yeah, and like also energy. a story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll I'll send you that photo. I don't oh, know yes. if it means anything <laughs> to you, me. but I want for to me, see you as a medic. Like, you know, it's so cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, absolutely crazy. It's uh, yeah. How do you even? Yeah. Anyways, it's like yeah. you know, yeah. you know, as you said, it's like exploring and and just being open and 
you know, you cannot expect this kind of things. They just happen if they happen, right? True, true, yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, about learning, what did you learn last time, Tanya? And where did it happen? So Was it online, <laughs> in Instagram? Or, <laughs> yeah. So or? I, I watch, uh, so I have now, um, I'm learning now about like, not learning, but I'm listening to my friend's lectures. Uh, uh, she's art historian and art mentor, Caroline Tess. And she's having a beautiful uh, lectures about postmodern and metamodern and all that stuff. And I love uh, to learn about that because I, I I have a feeling that I'm kind of into metamodern and my art is like in that um, you know like in in that uh, period and in that uh, I will say that like I, I I'm so metamodern kind of thing and um, I'm currently also I re- currently read the color code by Paul Simpson. Um, the beautiful book about like color, um, about like color theory and, um, you know, how they have shaped our evolution as a species and like politics and the culture and that it allowed us to express and uh, oppress personal freedoms, you know, all this like, and I remember there was a nice quote there that color isn't something we see, but color, it's something we think, you know? So it's really an interesting book that explains why this and that artist use that color, this color, you know, it's beautiful to know. And also like, since it's bear market, I also try to get myself into a little bit into trading too. (laughs) Although it's difficult, like physically, because, you know, like to have, time for that it's pretty difficult because i prepare for a new exhibition in new york like in august at arcadia contemporary and you know like i have to paint for like nft project that i have so 24 hours are not definitely not enough you know i don't know how it's about (laughs) you but this is not enough and i wish i won't sleep like that you know white people just don't sleep a couple of minutes you know and then the rest of the time be productive mm. yeah yeah i know i know I, I have tried to uh find a kind of a balance like eight hours of work and then eight hours of hobbies and oh. and exercises and um and hobbies by the way including doing some metaverse stuff and nft stuff yeah. <laughs> and uh, then eight hours of sleep i don't know if that, it doesn't work always but it's it's um you know it's I mean, moving every single day and having exercise every single day, I think that is mm. that is helping a, a lot, I think, twice, yeah. once or twice having sports every day. But oh, yeah, that's exercise so super, is, yeah. yeah, exercise absolutely my favorite too, to, you know, like relax my mind or something. I love like going jogging. We go jogging with my husband to like mountains we have here, like not mountains, mountains, but kind of like hills with like castle on the top. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. and then like gym, and then some yoga, you know, like all that thing. I think like yeah, all yeah. artists should do something like that. I'm mean, like sport. Absolutely. Yeah, it just helps yeah. you to activate some other things in your body, you know, like that you need. Yeah, and bring actually, I do balance. yoga every morning. Oh yeah, me too. And, like yeah, waking up first yoga and then coffee. <laughs> yeah, I'm there. You know, I have this Italian. Esp- press the machine so I put it on and it takes 15 minutes to warm up 
Uh-huh. And I'm like, okay, well, for me as well, now I'll warm up for 50 minutes, basically. <laughs> so both are needed. Coffee yeah. and then yeah. the, yeah. you know, exercises. Hey, uh, about Paul Simpson, I have to read that book. Uh, so what was oh, the really? name of the book? Yeah, absolutely. I, the Color fantastic. Code. I love that. Yeah, yeah, the Color Code. Okay, yeah. I have to read it. And listeners, please read it as well. So it Oh, yeah, it looks a bit, a, a bit funny with that colorful dots on it. But, you know, but, but it's really, like, interesting to see, like, how people from different cultures see the color, you know, like, how artists see the color and, like, all these color changes in, in the culture. So it's really nice. And since I work with color, like, I, I thought, like, it's kind of useful for me to know the, mm. you know, psychologist factor as well. I love that. So we, especially what you quoted, like we think color and we don't see it. I think yeah, that is yeah. just yeah. fantastic. Um, True. Um, comes to my mind, um, there's this Daniel Kahneman who won the, won the Nobel Prize for Economy. Mm-hmm. I think um, some years ago, uh, so he has this book, uh, Thinking Fast and Slow. And okay. I was just thinking that... Um, that it reminds me what Kahneman says about the intuition there. So we kind of immediately see some things with our intuition. We understand, or we, by the way, think that we understand something. Sometimes mm-hmm. intuition goes wrong, but um, I'm a big believer in intuition, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you are as well. So Yeah, of course. So, yeah. And in a way, color gives us this excuse that, okay, well, this is, how things are right true yeah that's true definitely well thanks so much for sharing um so hey hey if you could have three wishes anything right what would you wish okay so i think i have pretty simple wishes (laughs) like as everything i have is pretty simple so definitely like first is health and happiness for my family and that i mean of course with latest circumstances in ukraine where I have almost all my family. Um, the second wish I think I would have for me, like, is a big studio for myself, where I can finally paint the bigger boards, you know, and listen music as loud as I can, um, and probably paint a simple, you know, like, a, and maybe like a, a simple human happiness, uh, just to be in the mo- moment, you know, like, to enjoy the moment and enjoy life and you know enjoy that the people i love there with me and you know create art um i guess i'm already in portugal and near ocean you know so it looks like the third wish came true <laughs> you know i just need to wait when my sister will come to visit me so it will be like the perfect thing and you know like i was thinking lately about like a meaning of art and i guess it's all that lectures about meta modern you know in art and culture that i'm listening i told you about my friend carolyn tess and um i was like thinking um like i like i kind of caught myself thinking what if art as a word is not actually a noun or substantive and what if it's a, a verb you know like um to art if you can say that um mm-hmm. You know, as not native English speaker, I guess I can afford that frivolity and play with grammar. But what if art is not an end result or end point of activity? What if it's actually that process? 
and result like who cares mm. you know the main thing is actually mm. in being in that moment of creating so i wish to art you know for me you know mm. to art all the time so weird uh, philosophy <laughs> no i absolutely love that you know in the i love sailing for example and and sailing is uh thought like okay well you are already at your destination when you are yeah, sailing right. compared to like if you go with the sorry all the people who <laughs> use the motorboats but uh, but there is this different thing a different ideology where you go from a to b and mm-hmm. you are only in b you are kind of in your destination but while sailing it's like you in the i, yeah. I absolutely love the idea of using art as a verb yeah That's you understand what i mean idea. right And yeah, absolutely. Like, I'm <laughs> I was thinking I buy like, immediately that idea. <laughs> okay. Two arts, it's a verb. Okay, that's going yeah. to be my no, you know, like uh, I just was thinking, I remember like there was some space on Twitter and people was like, what art, what is not art, you know, like all that thing. And like it's so so um subjective, uh how you call it mm. in English? Is it the word subjective, right? Mm. Um And I was thinking, like, what the hell? I mean, like, art is is just a way. It's not an end point that, you know, like, people can judge. It's the way when artists paint the painting, you know, like, when musicians play the music or create the music, you know, like, all that scene is actually... So I, I really believe that art is a verb. So if someone mm-hmm. disagree, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I agree and I love that idea because I mean it's also like what is I mean when you are art so I'm using it as a verb so okay. when you are thank you yeah then, uh, yeah, yeah no I, I love it I'll start using it then if some people when they hear it or see it when you are doing art when you are art when you are I have to <laughs> arting, <laughs> when you're arting yeah <laughs> Then if they enjoy or if they, you know, understand suddenly something or, I don't know, if they just suddenly see the beauty in this world, I think then they, then we have, you know, the connection and uh, that's, that's nice. But even just uh, when musician, for example, is playing alone, I mean, music still exists, right? So even without the viewer. Yeah. Our listener. Yeah. Amazing. I absolutely <laughs> I, even I, if, I like that you like with your permission. <laughs> yeah, I with your permission I'll start using it. And I'll, oh, of course you. I'll give you the <laughs> the uh so I'm yeah, I'll I'll uh, give you all the credit in this <laughs> world uh, for that. Yeah. Oh yes, I It's created great... something else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So Tanya who invents both Verbs and then paintings. Yeah, no philologists will hate me now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no worries. I'm, you know, I'm. I studied philosophy, so it's uh, okay. It's uh, yeah. So it's very philosophical and 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 uh, out of the box thinking. I would say. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's really great. Hey, um, talking about out of the box thinkers or you know I have, so I have this final question um, typically uh, and by the way let's have a, another episode soon I it's, it's been lovely to talk with you and I uh, hear all the all your thanks so much for all the stories and and Thank your you. insight <laughs> yeah but I have this um, 
So this final question, because this is, um, I ask this from all the guests of CloudReachers um, podcast. So um, CloudReacher meaning like, okay, well, there is something like a dream or cloud, something that we want to try to reach, perhaps not all of us, but many of us. Yeah. So I would like to ask you like who um, or which can be also an organization or anything uh, can be this kind of cloud reacher in your mind thus somehow bringing art or anything to the next level, new ideas forward, reaching out clouds, dreaming of something better. Yeah. What do you think? So, you know, I would say that if it would be a person, then maybe it sounds trite, but I guess that would be actually me. I mean, like, not me right now, but me in the future, you know? Me that mm-hmm. I wish I want to be, or like me with no fears, me with no doubts, me that has uh, self-confidence, that believes in herself and heart. You know, like, if it would be a person, I would definitely say that's the person that I want to be, but it's like kind of me, you know? Um, and if, yeah, maybe I will stay with that because I believe like that if we just, you know, like put more power and energy into like making us better, you know, like making us who we want to be, then, you know, then all this organization and all that scene around us will be also better. So. It's like Michael Jackson said, like, start with yourself, like, start with the man in the mirror. So I, I think that's, yeah. that's, like, my cloud reacher. That's actually me there in the future in the mirror. Is it? Well, Was it okay? That's a, that's a, <laughs> no, that's, that's a beautiful idea. I really love that. And, I mean, to me, uh, you are already a cloud reacher, I think, Tanya. Oh, thank you. But, uh, but I, I wonder you, what Lawrence um, Fuller said. I want to hear like, what Lawrence said. Yeah, replied. yeah, I'll, I'll, keep it a, I'll keep it a secret, you know, I'll, oh, because it it's still be not there. So. It might be very poetic, yeah. beautiful with British no, voice but he, and beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> it, was a, it was a very good uh, answer, I think. And by the way, with Lawrence, we talked that uh, we should have, like, um, bigger group, uh, make an episode with uh, you and uh, Lawrence and uh, a couple other people, Cynthia perhaps. And, uh, oh, that's and, a great uh, idea. So, yeah, Lawrence always has great because, ideas. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you mentioned uh, Jenny earlier. So uh, Jenny's from Finland and yeah. uh, we met uh, some months ago. Uh, we had coffees in, um, in here in Espoo. Uh, oh, wow. Very close to Aalto University, yeah, yeah. So uh, we're going to meet in August in Lisbon. <laughs> so I'm I'm waiting for for Jenny, and we're going to meet too and spend like a couple of days together painting and you know talking art. So I can't wait to wow. meet Jenny. Yeah, yeah, I'm she's, sure she's amazing. A very interesting I mean, person. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> so great. Um, hey, thanks, Tanya, so much. I mean, this has been. Um, this has Thank been a you, true Tommy. pleasure. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, thanks for sharing. And 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 let's like we talked. Let's plan for uh, next episode. So I'm I'm sure that all <laughs> listeners are still awake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, and uh, got so much insight and so so much also hope uh, from your um, energy and and your your stories. Today. Oh, thank you, thank you. I hope it was it was not so boring and uh, you know like, <laughs> um, you know it always sounds like 
when I'm asking about my life, I always sound like, I always feel it's a bit boring for everyone, you know, because you know your life, you live your life. So for you, it's pretty normal, you know, like mm-hmm. it's every, every day's routine or something. But I hope I said something that will, might be interesting for other people to know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, there is now many books and many uh, people to go Google and, <laughs> and uh, learn more. Yeah. So thank you so much. Um, thank you so, Tommy, for um, inviting me. Well, thank you, Tanya. I'm so grateful. <laughs> thanks for invite. I mean, thanks for accepting my invitation. It was like I think in 30 seconds you accepted, and it's I think record. <laughs> yeah yeah do it was planned yeah. i know like i have not so many things like to especially with you know like that english is not my language but uh, yeah but anyway yeah. i think it, well, was not, it was okay <laughs> yeah well it's also not my language but uh yeah, here we are good, you know. like with podcasts wow that's great yeah, yeah it's yeah i you know, one day I just, uh, uh, three or four years ago, I was like, okay, well, it would be so nice to do it. And then it's like, okay, perhaps I'll just do it. And by the way, I mean, I have to share this uh, just as a kind of final thing, but I, um, my first guest, uh, guest actually, I um, picked from Twitter. Right. <laughs> so, okay. um, so um, I was just very interested about, about, you know, design and I'm still interested in design and just, you know, was brave and I was like, okay, well, who should I, you know, invite? And then I was like, okay, well, I'll just uh, write this person an email and uh, who knows, perhaps uh, perhaps I'll get a first guest. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was just amazing. I think it's, uh, we should be brave and also have dreams about in life and also online be very you know, just brave and just contact people. And uh, typically people are very uh, interested in sharing their oh, stories. Yes, definitely. And life is too short, you know, to be like afraid and not to use a chance. Like, right, if you think about it, it just, it's not like a huge thing after all. You know, it's just like chatting with one person, asking him or her like some questions. So, yeah, definitely mm. not to be afraid of, of that. There mm. are more things to Absolutely. be afraid of. Yeah, absolutely. And Laura Kalbach, who was my that my guest, um, um, just you know shared it's it's amazing. I think it's one of the most heard uh, episode in the cloud reaches, but uh, just shared amazing stories uh, about about uh, the need for need of accessibility in, in all the web designs and uh, and uh, you know showing empathy when we are designing. It's it's an amazing episode. Yeah. And that uh, gives, again, a lot of hope uh, to people. Yeah, that's true. Great. Hey, um, let's plan uh, um, for next one. So next one, let's have a longer one, like Joe Rogan's Thailand. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like maybe three it was hours, like uh, all this Lawrence with group. and with yeah. guys, you know, like that would be fun. That's definitely yeah. a good idea. Yeah, absolutely. So all the <laughs> listeners... Stay tuned for uh, new episodes and uh, we'll have a bigger group uh, of amazing people uh, from around this uh, online world. Yeah. Um, yeah. So thank you. This was Cloud Reachers. Um, stay tuned. Um, stay hopeful. Stay happy. Um, stay great. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, see you or hear you uh, soon. 
Čau. Čau, čau.